tonight by the grace of God. I'd like to preach on 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 24-25. Never preached on that before. Uh, it's solving a mystery that you have encountered in your Christian experience. I know you've seen it, and you've encountered this mystery. Um, and Paul, in his care for Timothy, Timothy probably, is, uh, it's been estimated Timothy's probably 40 years old, in his 30, late 30s, early 40s. Uh, but he, he, you know, he's the one that Paul said, "Let them do not let them despise your youth." Uh, and and I, I appreciated that verse when I was a young man in the ministry, just starting out. That uh, I knew I was, I didn't know much about life, but I knew the Word of God was real and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. And I know I could go to the Bible, and as long as I'd preach the Bible, it'd be good. You could have authority on the Word of God. So that's probably a good way to go anyway, um, rather than your personal opinions on, on life. 1 Timothy 5, 24, 25 says, Some men's sins are open beforehand, going before to judgment. Some men they follow after. Likewise also the good works of some are manifest beforehand, that they are otherwise cannot be hid. So he talks about two areas here, sins, some men's sins, and the good works of some. Um, through life, I've heard this question come up over and over and over again, not only in my own experience, but in other people's experiences. They watch things play out. And uh, I believe Paul believed it was necessary for Timothy as a young pastor to know, uh, under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, what was revealed in these last two verses. Uh, though they, and I think it really, in, in some degree, solves a mystery tonight for you and for me um, when it concerns how things play out in people's lives, not even maybe in our own life. Have you ever wondered why some very wicked people seem to prosper? Some very wicked people prosper. Psalm 73 3 uh, said, uh, David said, I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. And uh, if you go down through there, he says, uh, I finally got right when I went into the sanctuary of God and realized they're in. I mean, no matter how prosperous so or happy or so-called successful the wicked may be in this life, they're facing a God that is angry at them. According to Psalm 711, he's angry with the wicked every day. Uh, think of uh, the father's feelings for those who reject the son, call him a liar, a lunatic, say he wasn't what he said he was. Imagine them not only facing the father for their own sin, but facing uh, for having rejected Jesus Christ as their personal savior. It's big. But he said, I saw their end and I understood it. But it's interesting to me that this is ancient, 1000 BC in Psalm 73, that that was a problem. And if it was a problem then, it's a problem today. Um, we see, the, we see the wicked sometimes, and they don't have very many problems. Their kids prosper. Their finances are plentiful. They seem to look good. They have prestigious jobs, glamorous lives. Yet they live wickedly and believe wickedly. Uh, in many cases, they're haters of anything that's called holy. They're doers of evil. They're blasphemers. They're mockers of the righteous. They're unholy. In many cases, agnostic and atheist, yet they're blessed in this life. What's going on? 
What's going on? Well, I mean, I, I, as I began to meditate on this passage, I began to think of some people in my own experience that this is true. Example, my first example is George Burns. How many here know George Burns or heard of George Burns? Yeah, man, most of you. George Burns lived to 99 years old. He lived a long life. Billy Graham lived 99, but George Burns also lived to 99, relatively healthy. In fact, I think his last wife was a young woman. I'm not sure if it was his fourth, fifth, sixth wife. I don't know, but he had a lot of them. But this last wife he married was a young, beautiful woman. Now, George uh, said his secret to longevity was he smoked a cigar every day and drank a shot of whiskey. Doc, what do you think about that one? He ran with young women. He, he played in three blasphemous, ungodly movies. The first one was Oh God, done in 1977. He played the part of God. I never thought he'd live through that. I thought God would surely strike the old boy down. But no, he made a second movie called Oh God, Book Two. And that was in 1980. And I didn't watch any of these. But I would, I would uh, sometimes see a commercial. Uh, and it, they were unbelievably blasphemous uh, of God Almighty. The th he made a third one uh, in 1984 called Oh God, You Devil. Now, brother, sister, wow, absolutely no reverence, absolutely no respect, yet he lived till 99 years old, a relatively healthy, prosperous life on this world, and then died. Yet some righteous people, saved folks, who are trying to do the will of God and indeed are in the will of God, suffer here, suffer miserably here. I was thinking of Adoniram Judson from 1788 to 1850. He lived to 60, a grand total of 61 years old. I've outlived him five years by the grace of God. He lost all three of his children in death on the field. Uh, one of them on the ship going to the field. I mean, so he decides to do the will of God, submits to God's call. And you would think from that point on, God's hand of mercy and blessing be upon him. Well, it was, but not in the way we would define it. Uh, his child died on the way. Two other children did. None of them lived past about three years old. Uh, the man himself was caged like a dog uh, for two years. Just simply amazing he lived through that. His wife would come and uh, bribe the guards to help give him some food. He watched helplessly as his wife died a slow, prolonged, miserable death after only 21 months on the field. Uh, he had uh, little to no visible success in Burma for many years. Uh, in fact, he died himself without realizing the full impact of his life on Burma. He did translate the Bible into Burmese. And from that translation, it's been said, there were at least 170,000 people saved in Burma. Most of that after the man got to go to heaven. He, you could safely say that Adoniram Judson was in the will of God, but he did not receive the so-called Pentecostal 
blessing of God on this side. Would you say that? Uh, he had it tough. Uh, he did not receive his reward for serving Jesus on this side. He received it on the other side. And that's what that verse we have, our text verse, is saying. Things did not work out in the now and now for Adoniram Judson. But he looked for a city whose builder and maker was God. Folks, if you'll be discouraged by trouble, then you will be discouraged because trouble is going to come. You've been forewarned, and being what as they say, you've been forewarned, foretold, you ought to know better. You ought not to let anything. Listen, guys like Adam and I just is not an exception as a Christian. It's oftentimes a rule, at least 50-50. You can go down through the missionaries that you know of and see with the things that they have given up. In fact, there was a missionary back on the board there that I just looked at in about 1984. And I remember him and his dear wife, Susie. And he was on the field with his two sweet kids. His kids turned liberal, broke his heart. They came off the field after being on the field for over 12 years. He met with me, called me on the phone, met with me across the street. We had a little something, 81 to kind of, just in, uh, crying my shoulder a little bit, really, about what had happened to his two children on the field, as well as uh, he was off the field, wanted to describe what happened and let me know, because we had supported him since he began. A year later, he got a, a brain tumor and died. Was he a failure? No. But if you're going to judge from outside blessings, if you're just going to judge cheaply and on the surface, you would say, Something was wrong with that boy, and I guess God just did No, no. Uh, the Bible says if you live godly, you will suffer persecution. You'll suffer tribulation. Tribulation is one of the promises of the Bible. We, we obviously don't put it up back here and quote it very much. But these folks look for a city. They look for a reward, but they did not receive it here. Uh, it should not be a surprise to God's people. With verses like Matthew chapter 10, verse 16 through 18, where it says, Behold, I send you forth to sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents, harmless as doves. Beware of men, for they will deliver you up into the consuls. They will scourge you in their synagogues. You should be brought before governors and for kings for my sake for a testimony against them and the Gentiles. We should not be surprised by anything that happens to us with verses like Matthew chapter 10, 24 and 25, where it says, Disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. It is enough for a disciple that he be as his master and a servant as his Lord. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more shall they call them of his household? I mean, think of what they did to Jesus. Are we better than he? I don't think so. And he's, he's calling himself the master, as he should. And we're obviously his servants. But he said, if they've done this to me as a master, what do you think they may do to you? I think we, we shouldn't be surprised within the Bible in Romans chapter 8, verse 36 and 37, where it says, as written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. I'm, I believe this, this, this verse 24 and 25 of, of 1 Timothy 5 is there uh, to keep us from the lie of health and wealth, gospel. And it's, it's out there. I would love to be able to believe health and wealth gospel was a truth. In other words, if you serve Jesus, things are going to come up roses. Uh, your troubles are going to go bye-bye. I had a guy get saved a while back, old Vietnam vet. He got saved and made a profession of faith and 
about, about six months later, he says, I don't like this salvation, man. Everything since I got saved is going wrong. And he had a whole list of things that went wrong. I says, well, welcome on board to the children of God. He had in his mind, however, if he got saved, he's going to get something from God. I think that's a false motive, by the way. If you get saved to try to correct your marriage, don't count on it. If you get saved to try to correct your finances, don't count on it. You don't get saved for God to exchange something with you. You come to God as a sinner unable to save yourself. You lay everything down and say, Lord, though you slay me, yet will I trust in you. Now, that's the Christian's attitude. Not I'm going to get something from this, or I'm going to get saved because if I get saved, then things are going to go well with me. That should not be our attitude. Our attitude will be, well, we're not above our master. They did this to him. They may do this to us. Now, you know what's true that that doesn't happen to everybody, does it? Bad things don't happen to every Christian out there. God has others who serve him that receive manifold rewards, not only in the life to come, but in the life here. You've known them. I think of D.L. Moody. Not Ed and Iron Jensen is an example of not receiving great rewards on this side. But I think D.L. Moody is a great example of those receiving wars on the, on the other side. D.L. Moody saw over a million souls walk to Al for Christ. Brother, that'd make you kick your heels together, run around the room a little bit. D.L. Moody saw huge, huge I, I say huge crowds for all you Kia owners. Uh, huge crowds come to revivals from 1873, 1875, some of his largest revivals. He was literally world famous. They printed his sermons, put them all over the world. They printed uh, things that he said and put them into books. Uh, he was under high demand, very popular among the Christian populations. Uh, D.L. Moody died in his home in Northfield, Massachusetts, uh, a peaceful death. How do you explain D.L. Moody's life and put it up against Adoniram Judson's life? How do you do that? 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 24, 25. That's how I explain it. That's what he said. Some man's reward as Christians, are, God chooses in his wisdom to let him have a other reward here, like in D.L. Moody's case, not to be persecuted, not to be troubled, not to be caged like an animal. Others, he seeks, he doesn't give them hardly anything on this life that would be called a reward. They suffer through this life and then die. But that doesn't mean they don't receive an a reward, does it? No, no. They, they get it on the other side. There'll be nobody shortchanged on the other side. I believe that's what that verse is talking about. You don't have to worry. Well, I didn't get what, what so-and-so got. Don't worry about it. Trust God. He's given out as he sees fit. As a father gives out, he gives out. And so... First Timothy, some men's sins are open beforehand, going before judgment. Some men they follow after. Um, likewise, some uh, the good works of some are manifest beforehand. Uh, and I would think that would be a case of a D.L. Moody. Otherwise, they cannot be hid. And that would be the case of Ananias Judson and so many like him. So the same is true, by the way, with the lost. Why does God take some sinners out early? And yet... Others, like George Burns, he lets live a ripe old age and be relatively healthy, smoking a, a cigar every day and taking a shot of whiskey. It's interesting when people live to 99, I suppose they earn it, but when you live to 99, everybody's got the reason they're that old. 
My suggestion to you if you're old is give God the glory. Don't say it was uh, wheat germ or essential oils or uh, you ate fiber every day or you or you ate McDonald's every day. Don't don't give none. Don't give any of that cheap junk credit. Give God the credit. Amen. <laughs> I think of Elvis Presley, took him out of 42. Sam Kinison, a youth, former youth pastor, by the way. I'm youth pastors, you got to watch them, especially when they have hair that goes like that. <laughs> Sam Kinison, I mean, he was one of the most wicked comedians there ever came around. A screamer, they called him. I will have to say his primordial scream, I felt like doing a few times. Uh, but Sam Kinison at 39 died. Marilyn Monroe, 36 she died. Then you have the, what they call the 27 Club. The 27 Club was formed a few years ago after a pattern developed in these famous people dying at 27. Jimi Hendrix died at 27. Janis Joplin died at 27. Amy Winehouse died at 27. Jim Morrison of The Doors died at 27. Kurt Cobain of Nirvana died at 27. Rick McKirkman of The Grateful Dead died at 27. Brian Jones of The Rolling Stones died at 27. They call it the 27 Club. Even... That even spooks the unsaved people. How many here are 26? <laughs> the 27th year I live in humble. But these people were wicked. They were, they were uh, uh, anti-God in their spirit and anti-God in their life and anti-God in their attitudes and anti-God every way you can be. Some anti-God people live to 99 years old. Some anti-God people die young. How do you explain that? I think it, what Paul did with Timothy was say, hey, look, it's God's prerogative why he takes some of these unsaved early, some of them people he takes late. I grew, when I went to high school with a couple boys, uh, and uh, they went to Vietnam, and both of them boys died at 18 years old in Vietnam. I went to the wall. It took me about 40 years to get the courage up to go to the wall. And I cried like a baby. I made a fool of myself as I found their names. Uh, and, and I put my hand on their names. And th thinking, why would God let me live so long? And these boys, 18 years old. No, didn't have a chance to get married, didn't have a chance to have a family, didn't have a chance to do anything. They signed up, Marine Corps, went over there the first week. Both of them were killed the first week. One of them jumped out of a helicopter on a landmine, killed him and a bunch of the other people around him. The other guy jumped out of a chopper, caught a bullet right in the middle of the chest, dead, and they brought him back within. They were back in the United States. I was going to their funeral within three months of being in Vietnam, maybe less than that, actually. As a kid, I scratched my head on that. What in the world's going on? Well, the truth is God's God. That's why he's God. You don't ask him, and you don't tell him why he does what he does. He does what he does. But I know one thing. He, he's righteous. 
Why is it that God would take them, that, them, all them young people, even though they were wicked at 27 years old, and yet he let Frank Sinatra live to 83? Now, Frank was a wicked man. You may like the old swooner, but he was a wicked man. He did not, he was, he was, a, he was a tough, they called him the chairman of the board, and it was the mafia he was the chairman of the board on. Bob Hope was not, even though he did, I'm going to get, boy, I know I'm on thin ice on Bob Hope. <laughs> Bob Hope, I like a lot of what he did with the soldiers, okay. But if you look at the shows he did, they were, he would bring out these three-quarter naked girls and, you know, make the men happy, but it wasn't godly. Right? I mean, he didn't do any godly stuff. And uh, I hope died at 100 years old. I think, in fact, Bob Morris knew where he lived. Showed me his house. Showed me his house in uh, Palm Springs, I think, up on the hill there. He said, there's Bob Hope's house. Burnt down three times, I think he said. Twice or something like that. But, I mean, Bob lived 100 years old, and he was no way, in, I mean, ungodly man. Frank Sinatra, ungodly man. How about Howard Hughes? Howard Hughes, 90 years old, that old boy lived too. And he was an ungodly man. Genius, yes, he was. He, he, at the end of his life, he wouldn't put any clothes on. He would go around naked with, with uh, Kleenex. That's about where I'm going. I think I'm going where Howard Hughes is going. He would go around naked. He didn't want to touch anything. He got to be a germaphobic. And every time he grabbed anything, he'd grab it with a Kleenex like that. He'd go like that. He'd grab it with a Kleenex, and he didn't wear any, wear any clothes. If I get that way, don't let anybody see me, will you? <laughs> Sometimes I get bothered by germs. I'm worried about myself a little bit. How about, how about here's another winner, Hugh Hefner. Oh, started Playboy in the 50s. And, and, and paid women to go naked in public uh, to tune of about a million bucks a pop. And uh, he was a, on a, on a, an admitted, couldn't think of the word I wanted. He was a professed, admitted, immoral individual. And I'm being as nice as I can. Uh, Hugh Hefner was not a nice guy. And uh, he preyed on women. And, and really dehumanized women. And he lived to 91 years old, a ripe old age. So we, here we have Frank Sinatra. This is just a few, 83, Bob Hope 100, Howard Hughes 90, uh, Hugh Hefner 91. So, you know, it, you can't say that if you follow the Lord, you'll, you'll live a long, healthy life. Because if you do that, you're not, it's not biblical. First of all, it's not biblical. Secondly, it's not real. Anybody that's lived very long looks around and says, well, I know people that serve the Lord and they died of cancer or they died of leukemia or they died of this or they died of that or they had this. Doc knows them. I mean, uh, Betty Bowen, she was only in her 70s somewhere. And, uh, you know, uh, she was young. Some of you were older than her, a lot older. Betty Bowen, I really liked her. I like Betty. I like Betty. I hope I see her on the other side. I can't even say why I like her, but I'll tell you why privately. 
I think you know this verse explains a lot of things. You've had relatives. You've had co-workers and friends and pastors and evangelists and missionaries that this verse explains in part, uh, that makes sense at least of in part, of what happened. Some of them died early, went on a mission field, died early. I knew a guy, I knew a guy that was uh, called to the mission field, 25 years old. He went to, co went to college, got his degree, got his master's degree. Had a, got married, had a wife with three children, stopped by Elkhart, Indiana, Sound Lake Baptist Church. He, he, would have got, he had raised all his support, and he was just ready to launch out onto the mission field. And they took a day, you know, to uh, go water skiing. Some of the people of, of, of uh, Sound Lake Baptist Church lived on Sound Lake. And they wanted to take them out for a little, uh, you know, uh, the big round boards you get on with your knees and you do, you know, go out behind the boat real slow. Well, he had some sort of spell, fell off the board and drowned. They didn't find his body for three days. He went down to the bottom of the lake, got in some sort of hole, and they, they hunted and hunted and hunted for that boy. And about three days later, he floated and they found him and uh, bloated and floated. But I'm like, what? I knew this guy. What's going on? I mean, we all looked at each other. 25-year-old guy, got everything ready to go. Barrows, if I was you, I'd be listening to this. Wake up, son. Uh, I may be sick, but I'm not out of it yet. But, but I'm going to tell you what now. I just, I scratch my head. Explain that to me. You can't explain it. And don't go, man, God forbid that you go, well, there must have been some hidden sin in their life. Oh, I hate that when people do that. They throw them a loach on them. That's an that's a Italian term, term for a curse. Oh, he must have had some loach. How is it maybe he just reached his maturity? And God said, this is as good as you're going to get with me, and you're coming home. How about that? How could it? Why, not, why don't we sometimes, you know, why don't we go there? Rather than saying, well, there must have been some secret deal going on there. I'm sure God took him out. No. God don't necessarily. This, if this verse teaches you anything, he says, some men's sins go, are open beforehand. In other words, you see them. And going before the judgment. God judges them right in front of your eyes. But some men's sins, God does not judge. And he, he does not judge on this side. He waits to that other side to judge. Likewise, also the good works of some are manifest beforehand. Sometimes people do good things by, by the grace of God, like, like V.L. Moody and so many and are blessed and are blessed and are blessed on this side. And that's just God's choosing to do that. Well, there are people that serve God in the same sincerity and the same honesty. God chooses not to give them that kind of blessing, but to give them tribulation and trouble and suffering. Uh, and, and let me ask you a question. Do you think God shorts people? I think eternity is a long time. And I think the reward that God gives you in eternity is going uh, to wipe out any little bit of suffering you've done this side. Uh, our brother Abdel just got back from Cuba, and he saw some stuff down Cuba that stunned him, the poverty level, the suffering level of some of them 22 missionaries we, with the uh, Cubans over there we support uh, for so long. And, and, and those, those boys do not have any reason to point at God and say, you've shorted me. Because eternity is really long. 
And when they get on the other side and see the reward that God has for them, they're not, they're, these things, the things of earth grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace, brother. But I think it's important, or it wouldn't be in the Bible, number one. It's important that you get this. Some evil folks die young. Some evil folks die old. Some good folks, uh, meaning saved folks, if I may say that, die young. I think of the Aka Indians and those five boys that went down there with their wives and families in good faith. That was in 1953, I think it was. I was only two years old, so if I hadn't read the book, I wouldn't know this. But some of you people were mature already by that time. And in 1953, they went down there, and they went to serve God. And the Aka Indians needed to hear Jesus, and they flew into an area to meet him. And they got speared to death, all five of them. Five widows, five women went down there. Got, those men got spirited. And that was some evil they had done. No. From that, countless thousands of young men were called to the mission field because of the death of those five men. Actually, the blood of those men sparked a missionary revolution in the United States. And men and women both called and said, we'll be, we'll be willing to go to the mission field. One cannot figure it out. You just state the fact and go with it. The Holy Spirit must have wanted, as I said, Timothy, young man, Timothy, as a ministry, I get this and get it clear. Be careful when you're coming to your conclusions that in no way you accuse God. Did you know that's one of the devil's favorite things is to have us accuse God? Because doesn't he accuse God? Didn't he accuse God in the garden? And hasn't he accused God ever since of not being good? Uh, he accused God of, of not doing right by Job. Yeah, that's what he was doing. He said, basically, God, you're not doing right. You're hedging that boy about giving him all kinds of blessings. You take all that away. He'll curse you to your face, skin for skin. I hope he can't do that with me or you or anything else. I hope your, your, your love of Jesus is not dependent on your health. I hope your love of Jesus is not dependent on your wealth. I hope your love and service of Jesus doesn't depend on your children's health or or your spouse's health, or, or any of that other thing. I hope your love for Jesus depends on a God that's good. And he's good all the time. And, and that way the devil has nothing he can touch you with. He can't even touch you. Because no matter, though he slay me yet, will I trust in him, was said by the guy that was put to the test in Job thirteen fifteen. And so tonight, even though this is a real simple little passage, I think so important it is, because I'll be honest with you, in my little short experience, I have seen quite a few Christians bitter at God because this didn't just turn out the way they thought it ought to turn out. And this didn't happen the way a business deal didn't turn out or this or that. And you can just put your, you can put your own experiences onto that verse. But I hope you remember 1 Timothy 5, 24, 25. And I hope you help other people with it when they come to you and say, why in the world? Did this happen to so-and-so? Or why? If God was good, and this is where the devil always goes, if God was good, he wouldn't do that. Because in their estimation of right and wrong, they judge God. Now, you know what? I think we ought to hold back on that. I think we ought to let God take care of that. And we'll say in the end of it all, it's going to be all shaken out. It's going to be all settled out. And God's going God's to be found to be good. And the devil's going to be found to be bad and who he really is, the liar and the father of it. Father, thank you tonight for Jesus. Thank you for the spirit of the living God. Thank you for the word of God, which is true. Thank you for its practical application to us 
uh, over and over and over again, how we can just, uh, the, the life, uh, things that we live, the exp experiences that we run into are dealt with in the Word of God. Help us to look at it, to read it, to peruse it. Uh, forgive us where we have accused you in any way, even in our minds, accused you because something didn't go quite right for us. We pray, Father, tonight there may be some in this room say, Brother Bill, I've had, I've been angry at God. Maybe God took a child. Maybe God took a parent. I, I talked to a uh, nurse a while back who said, I'm angry at God, and I'm never going to forgive him because he took my mother uh, in death. And I thought, how horrible that is. You've cut yourself off from the only one that can help you. Don't you do it. Don't you do it. Come to God and say, God, forgive me of judging you. Forgive me of my pride. Forgive me of my arrogance. And help me just accept what you dish out on my plate of life as from a hand of a loving Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.